Today is a day of breakthrough for many. Today is a day of breakthrough for many. Today is a day of breakthrough for many. Breakthrough not because you're going to fight or because you're going to pray some extra prayers, but because you're going to praise your way into a breakthrough that was already prepared for you. Just say with me this briefly. This is the word of God. It is God speaking to me. My ears are attentive. My heart is receptive. As I am taught the word, the seed of life will be planted. It will surely grow deep roots and it will produce its fruit in me. I want you to know today that the basis of which I'm going to speak to you is that your experience is not big enough to determine whether or not God is good. It might seem crushing to, to, to not identify with your pain right now, but I'm telling you that your experience is too limited to determine whether or not God is good. But there's a truth in the word of God that God is good. And I'm good, and I'm so good in that statement because I didn't say it, and no man said it, but one man said it. It says, why do you call me good? Jesus was that man. And Jesus said, only one is good. God is good. So say that right now with every breath in you. Say, God is good. us have not said that in a while so many of us have not said that in a while if we turn to Ezekiel chapter 36 by 24 to 28 it mightly tells us we don't need to read all the scriptures like I said it says for I will take you from among the nations gather you out of all countries and bring you into your own land then I will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and all your idols. Verse 26. I will give you a new heart. Put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Next verse. I will put my spirit in you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will keep my judgments and do them. Then you shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers. You shall be my people and I will be your God. There's two things that every believer needs. You need a new spirit and a new heart. You can receive a new spirit but without a new heart, not be able to even step into all that the Spirit has to offer to you. 
And so today, the title of the sermon is called The Heart of Gratitude because that's what that heart is. It's a humble heart of gratitude. A renewed spirit, a recreated spirit being, but a heart, a humble heart of gratitude. And what is this hallmark of a heart of gratitude? The reason why we're going to worship God in a few minutes. Because the heart is so key to the relationship with God. Out of it flows the issues of your life. And out of the abundance of that heart, your mouth speaks. If you've ever found that you are always complaining, always speaking negative, always everything you say, it just seems like it's, it's on the contrary. You don't need to try to say, God, change my tongue. Help me to control my tongue. You say, God, show me what is in my heart because that's what is expressing itself. So today is to receive that heart of gratitude because if that heart of gratitude is not there, your expression, the expressions of your spirit will not be in total, in total form the way God wants it to be. Numbers 11, chapter 1 to 2, we'll see a group of people, right? This is the Israelites. They are a good example for us because they were delivered out of Egypt just the same way you and I have been delivered, redeemed, set free. But they're on a journey and now they're in the wilderness. Numbers 11, chapter 1 to 2 says, And the people complained in the hearing of the Lord about their misfortunes. And when the Lord heard it, his anger was kindled, and the fire of the Lord burned among them and consumed some outlying parts of the camp. Then the people cried to Moses, and Moses prayed to the Lord, and the fire died down. They complained about what? Their misfortunes. So see, when I said I'm not identifying with your pain per se today, it's not because it's not there, but it's because even in your pain, God doesn't expect you to complain. He expects you to say, God is, you finish it. At any point in this service, if anybody says that, just respond with God is good. He expects you to say, God is good. And the truth is, in that wilderness, actually, let me just read it to you. Numbers 14, 27 to 33. He said, this is God talking. How long will this wicked community grumble against me? Look at the people he's talking about. These are not the Egyptians. These are not the Jebusites. The Amalekites, these are the children of God, the one that he chose. Because this heart is not a heart you can ever find in an unbeliever. It's not something that they can receive. It's only a gift that he gives to his own children. So the Israelite, this is God, his testimony. He says, how long will this wicked community grumble against me? I have heard the complaints of these grumbling Israelites. So tell them, 
God is going to talk now. As surely as I live, is God going to ever die? Oh, that's a dangerous place to be in. It's a dangerous place to be in. He says, as surely as I live, declares the Lord, I will do to you the very thing I heard you say. Out of the abundance of what? Your mouth what? So what their heart, what was in their heart? God says, I will do it to you. In this wilderness, your bodies will fall. Every one of you, 20 years old or more, who is counted in the census and who has grumbled against me. You could be 20, but if you didn't grumble, you're past. But not, not one of you will enter the land I swore with uplifted hands to make your home. Isn't that... Uh, that's... God swore to give this to you, but you complained, and he gets to a point. He says, even that, forget it. But we have Jesus, though. Okay. It says, as for your children that you said will be taken as plunder, I will bring them in to enjoy the land. In other words, hopefully your children learn in these 40 years that you're in the wilderness and they see all of you dying and recognize that they did something. Their ways of life was not it. So don't accept the culture of the world around you. Don't accept what your parents do. Don't accept what your grand people do. Don't go in that culture of complaining. Don't join people when they're talking politics and they're abusing the president. Don't join them because if you do, you begin to partake in what they, oh, yes, today I brought it because we are going to worship. But anyways, we move. It says, I will bring them in to enjoy the land you have rejected. Complaining looks to you like you are just saying to God, God, see me now. But he's saying when you complain, you are rejecting the promise he has given you. Doesn't that change your perspective of how you talk about your wife or your husband or your children? Why are you complaining about your husband or your children? God gave them to you. Complaining shows weakness in patience. It shows a lack of trust in God himself, his planning and his timing. But let's see what he expects us to do in Psalm 65, verse 5 to 7. He says, let the people praise thee. That's us. Let the people praise thee. Oh God, let all the people praise thee. Then shall the earth yield her increase. The Israelites complained and they did not enter the blessing. But when we praise the earth, you don't have to work. The earth will yield to you. Oh God. Hey, Jesus, help them. It says, even our God shall bless us. God shall bless us. He reinforces it. God shall bless us and all the ends of the earth shall fear him. That God will do it so much that it will not just be you that notices. 
the whole world will say there's something going on in Fountain of the Living World Church. We have to go there. No, we have to go there. <laughs> so now, because we're going to thank God after this, gratitude, it's in the heart, right? It's the heart. Gratitude is in the heart. But as a child of God, your attitude should always bring you to expressions of thanksgiving. So many times, I don't know if that's you in the audience, they'll tell you, let's worship God. And you're like, yes, Lord, I'm just worshiping. Yes, you, in your heart. I don't know what's in your heart. But your heart cannot lie because when your heart decides to speak, your mouth will show it all. So when we thanksgiving, when we say thanksgiving, when we say we're going to give God thanks, this heart that we have received, it's to finally say, God, I've come to understand what you've done for me, the redemption, the salvation, all of these things that you have done for me, and I'm, and I'm so grateful. Even when things did not work out, I'm so grateful. Your mouth is speaking. You're giving thanks. The expressions out of you now become thanksgiving. A heart of gratitude has a lips that express thanksgiving. Why do we give thanks? You might say because God is good. But the truth is, it's just because God deserves it. Right? He deserves it. Everything we get from God is a gift. The very fact that he created us, did we decide he should create us? He created us out of the love in his heart. If you've ever said, God, why? I, I, I wish I was never born. You know, people say that. But God is so good. He told me this one time. He says, in my infinite love, and my awesome wisdom, I created you. So why are you not grateful for you? Why are you not even grateful that you, you, you kill yourself, you, you put yourself down, you don't even like yourself. But he says, in my love and in my wisdom, I created you just the way you are. So accept that I am good and accept the gift of yourself to you and walk in the fullness of who you are. God deserves our praise all the time. Salvation is a gift, right? We learn to hear. Salvation is a gift. Wisdom is a gift. It says if you ask of him, he will freely give it to you. Abundant life is a gift. He says, I've come that you might have life abundantly, right? We didn't ask for it. He came and he gave, right? Protection is a covenant gift that we are now joint heirs with Christ Jesus. And he's seated at the right hand of the Father in the place of glory where there is no evil and no death can operate. Guidance, comfort. He says, let me go. It is good that I go and I will ask the Father. He will send you a Holy Spirit who will be your comforter. He will be with you at all times. He will not leave you, neither will he forsake you. He will guide you into all truth. He will comfort you. He'll be your advocate. We didn't ask for it. He saw it that it was good and he gave it to us as a gift. We are still not asking for anything and he's just giving. So what is the reason for complaint? Peace that surpasses all understanding is a gift. The very breath in our lungs, gift. 
So why do we boast in anything else? Why do we see what God has done and then it's like, we just take the glory. And we sing it all the time. You will never share your glory with anybody. He is that jealous of God. He will not share his glory with anybody. Because he's the one actually doing it. You pass exams in school, young people. You think you are the one that did it? I tell you today, right now, it's God that did it. Because when you realize it's God that did it, why am I taking any praise? He says in Psalm 127 verse 1, Unless the Lord builds, they labor in vain. They labor in vain because it will matter to nothing. He's the one doing it. Right? 1 Corinthians 3 verse 6. For those of us that like, you know, we are feeling more spiritual than usual. I'm anointed. I preach, you know. It says, I planted the seed, Apollos watered. But what? Who? God has been making it grow. <laughs> I could stand up here from now till next year. It's not me that's going to do anything. So when I leave here, there's no point in when I get outside and people tell me, oh, awesome message, to say, oh, that's amazing. It's to just say, oh, glory to God. After this service, you are not going to come and thank this red mic, right? The mic itself is not what gave you the blessing. It's who? It's God. I'm the instruments he used as his voice, but it's still God. So all the glory must always go back to God because he deserves it. You deserve it. You deserve it. You deserve it. You deserve it. to give thanks God says we should be humble as Christians but he never once told us to hide the things he has done for us count your blessings name them one by one because there's one key in understanding that it is God's will he knows why he's telling us the moment you start forgetting what God has done for you, complain. 
complain. God can save you from an accident today and you get home and somebody calls you and say, oh, they denied your application to get a job and you immediately start complaining, God. And God is there like, wait, you were going for the interview and you got into an accident and they told you that you didn't get the job and you're complaining, but you're alive. And that mouth that was saved, that is still opening, is complaining. It is actually God's will for you to give thanks. First Thessalonians 5, 16 to 19, it says, always be joyful, always. Always. What does always mean? Always. Always. Don't remove 2020 for your life because Corona happens. Actually, thank him for that 2020. He gave you rest. You have been complaining, God, I don't want to work for you. I don't want to be going to office every day. Finally made you mandatory rest. Mandatory. Yeah? And now he made sure that your job can never tell you that you cannot work from anywhere else. Then he changed your system. You can now worship God. The days I work from home, they don't, they don't like me. Because I just be playing worship music in my house. My wife likes it too, so it's fine. Be grateful always. Never stop praying. Verse 18. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. You belong to Christ, right? Do you belong to Christ? Say with conviction, do you belong to Christ? Then it is God's will for you to give thanks. Let's look at somebody, right? Because I told you in the beginning, we don't have the full perspective for us to be thinking our experience, God is not good. Second Kings 6, 17, you know this story. This is Elijah and Gehazi. And in 17, Elisha, Prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. It will be, I will be doing a disservice to the statement I just said before. If after you leave this, you believe that you should go and be faking happiness or joy. No. Happiness, joy, and to have it. Happiness, joy comes from revelation. Simple. Revelation. Revelation only. If you are in a situation and it doesn't seem rosy, before you start to complain, how about you just say, Father, open my eyes to see what you are doing. And then when he shows you and you now see that all the things that you think you are surrounded by is actually God that is surrounding all of you together. They, the enemies are actually surrounded by God. They think they are surrounding you, but he's surrounding them saying, who are you touching? Ha. God opened my eyes so that I will see what you're doing, right? When people don't see what God is doing, what does it say? They stumble on themselves. 
won't be able to give thanks because you don't even know what he's doing. Then you will now complain. And then when you complain, you will now start on that direction. It is a good thing to give thanks to God. Psalm 92 verse 4. We're not, we won't read the whole 1 to 6. I just want to point out verse 4. It says, you thrill me, Lord, with all you have done for me. I sing for joy because of what you have done. It is a good thing. Like it should be our delight to worship God. What did Joshua say? I was glad when they said, let us go to the house of God. It is actually a good thing to give thanks to God. Now, we're going to, this is a, I'm going into a, a section when I said today there's going to be breakthrough. Because these parts are kind of cheat codes in thanksgiving. If you can put it there if you like, put it cheat codes. Thanksgiving is a sign of contentment and a seed for more in the kingdom of God. Complaining will never get you anything more from God. Thanksgiving will always show your sign of contentment in God. Genuine thanksgiving, I mean. Not that you're faking. But in your heart, by revelation, you have seen what God is doing. And though it's not pleasant, you are giving thanks. He recognizes it and it becomes a seed for more in your life right let's read it Jesus did it himself Matthew 14 17 to 21 they answered but all who but all we have here is five barley loaves and two fish many people but all we have here is five barley loaves and two fish let me have them Jesus replied then he had everyone sit down on the grass and he then took the five loaves and two fish something amazing is about to happen he looked up into heaven. The very thing that the disciples called little. The same thing. He says, let me have it. And I'm not going to say because I'm Jesus, multiply. I'm going to take it and give thanks to God. And he did that. And the Bible says... He then gave it to his disciples, who in turn gave it to the crowds. Verse 20. And everyone ate until they were satisfied. For the food was multiplied in front of their eyes. You have little, don't complain. You have little, don't complain. The little you have, Offer it to God. Offer it to God in thanksgiving. And see if he will not like that oil that kept pouring for that lady. It will keep pouring. It will keep pouring. It won't run dry. As long as you have capacity to receive. Because the reason why the oil stopped was not because the oil was short. It's because she didn't have more to take. But you keep praising and he will show you that eyes have not seen, ears have not heard the kind of oh, the kind of blessing that 
he has prepared for you. Yes, sir. Hey, hey, car. Hey. Oh, it's happening. It's happening. Hey. Genesis 22, 9 to 18. This is, this is Abraham going to sacrifice his son Isaac. We don't have to read it. He's going to worship God. The one promise that God has given him. You'll be a father of many nations. He has now waited a hundred years. Finally, the promise has arrived. And God says, give him back to me. Not just as anything, but as a burnt offering. Worship. Worship me with the only thing you have. The only thing you have. Abraham, it says when they reached the place, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He was ready to worship God. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar. He's ready to take all that he has and give it to God in worship his heart is no longer that prideful heart his heart is now the humble heart whatever you say to me Lord that's what I'm doing and it doesn't matter if it doesn't look good I'm still going to praise you then he reached out his hand and he took the knife to slay his son but the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven Abraham Abraham here I am he replied do not lay a hand on the boy he said do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up and there in the ticket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. And to this day it is said, on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided that is Genesis but are we not on Mount Zion today where it is already provided so why not give thanks last cheat code before we start praising Thanksgiving is the secret to wholeness and perfection in the kingdom of God. In Luke 17, verse 11 to 19, if you're in Alabaster, you already know that this is our scripture for the, for the experience next month. It says, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus passed through the border region between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered one village, 10 men approached him, but they kept their distance for they were lepers. They shouted to him, Mighty Lord, our wonderful master, won't you have mercy on us and heal us? When Jesus stopped to look at them, he spoke these words, go to be examined by the Jewish priests. They set off and they were healed while walking along the way. One of them, a Samaritan, when he discovered that he was completely healed, turned back to find Jesus, shouting and praising and glorifying God. When he found Jesus, he fell down at his feet and thanked him over and over, saying to him, you are the Messiah. This, he's done. Now Jesus is going to speak. 
Jesus says, so where are the other nine? Where are the other nine? Jesus asked. Weren't there ten who were healed? They all refused to give thanks and give glory to God except you, a foreigner from Samaria? Then Jesus said to the healed man, this is such a powerful thing, arise and go. It was your faith that brought you salvation and made you whole. The ten lepers, nine of them were healed. Only one was made whole. Only one was made whole. Not because he did anything special, but because on his way, by revelation, he finally saw what God had done. And I studied this, and I looked in Leviticus, right? The priest, when there's a skin disease, the priest offers a guilt offering, a sin offering, right? And verse 20 of Leviticus 14 says, and the offering on the altar, through this process, the priest will purify the person who was healed and the person will be ceremonially clean. Verse 29 also tells us that the priest will apply the oil remaining in his hand, in his hand, the oil remaining in his hand, the priest, Jesus, the high priest, he was the oil in his hands. He will place it on the head of the person being purified. Through this process, the priest, the high priest, Jesus himself, he says, he will purify the person before the Lord. So that one leper did not even know what he was doing. But he was being made whole by the high priest. Come to Jesus with a humble heart of thanksgiving and get the complete package of what he has for you. Wholeness. Wholeness. Not just that you are healed today. Because if those lepers, are not, I don't know, maybe leprosy, Hamburg again, I don't know. But what if they got another kind of disease? What if something happened? But he is now in a place where he's now by Jesus. He's worshiping God. He's having the best time of his life. But because he's around Jesus, sickness cannot touch him. Because even when Peter's mother was sick and Jesus got there, sickness was like, ah, oh, Jesus, man. And this thanksgiving is the key to supernatural victory. And this is where I want you to rise up on your feet. Second Chronicles 20, verse 20 to 26. Early in the morning, they left for the desert of Tekoa as they set out. Jehoshaphat stood and said, listen to me, Judah and the people of Jerusalem. Have faith in the Lord your God and you will be upheld. Have faith in the prophets and you will be successful. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out at the head of the army, saying, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. How many remember the wall of Jericho? Wall of Jericho is your number one. I didn't bother to read that one because you know it. Jehoshaphat is your number two. Right? Now, number three. 
Acts 16, 22 to 23. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, right? And the magistrate ordered them to be stripped, beaten with rods. After they had been flogged, they were thrown into the prison and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully, right? At midnight, Paul and Silas were what? Praying and singing hymns to God. They're in prison, but they're praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. So there's no complaining going on in that jail at that time. Nobody's complaining, you know? No need to add doubt into this, into this miracle that's happening. And suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaking. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. Oh wait, sorry, I skipped over what actually happened in Jehoshaphat, sorry. The Amorites and the Moabites rose up against the men like, that were going to destroy the Israelites, right? The Ammonites, Ammonites and the Moabites rose up against the men of Seir to destroy them, annihilate them. The children of Israel are praising God somewhere. And these people who came to fight them now start fighting each other, right? So they join together to fight this one guy. Like say me and uh, Munachi, we're together from this place. We want to fight you, see, right? So we came together as one to fight you. But then I say to Muna, Muna, you see is not doing too right. Let's just deal with you see. And then this guy comes and then he stabs you see and then you see is dead. And then something amazing happens. I look at Munachi and I'm like, guy, why would you do that to her? Uh, why would you do that? Die. And then now it's just me. And the Bible says, <laughs> imagine the last person. He's there like, well, I might as well just kill myself too. And then he kills himself. And then the Bible says, <laughs> It says, when the men of Judah came to the place, I told you they were somewhere else. When they came to the place that overlooks the desert and looked towards the vast army, they're not even there yet. They looked at the vast army and saw only dead bodies lying on the ground. No one had escaped. While you're praising God, God is doing a battle on your behalf. While you're praising God, God is doing a battle on your behalf. In Jericho, I tell you, God has a pattern. Don't start with your strength. Go with thanksgiving. The army should come behind. The strength should come behind. Let your thanksgiving go ahead of you and the foundations. Jericho had walls, but praise took them down. The prison had foundations, but praise shook them loose. The army were many, but when God was done, not one escaped. So I don't know if you've been complaining about the trouble you're in, but today, why don't you change that and go with praise at the forefront. Go with praise at the forefront. And then this is your license to praise. Right, you remember when David, the Ark of the Covenant was brought into Israel, right? And he was dancing before the Lord. He married this one girl, her name was Micah. That girl, oh no, oh no. She saw him dancing with reckless abandon before the Lord, his own creator. And she, the Bible says that she was disgusted. I'm telling you, when you start giving thanks the way God has opened your eyes to give thanks, people will look at you. It might even be your family. It could be your sister. It could be your brother. It could be your wife. 
it could be your husband and because they don't have the revelation they feel disgusted it ends like it's and it's 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 as though it's fighting them because the spirit the heart in them is not a heart of gratitude so they are fighting your praise but David said something to her when he got back home he said let me read it because it's not me that's saying it he says David retorted to Michael I was dancing before the Lord who chose me above your father huh? Hey, Abbaso, and his family. He appointed me as the leader of Israel, the people of the Lord. So I celebrate before the Lord. Give your testimony. Don't let them shut you down. Give your testimony. He says, yes, I am willing to look even more foolish than this. Even to be humiliated in my own eyes. But those seven girls you mentioned would indeed be thankful that I am distinguished. So as we praise God tonight, I said tonight, I'm always praising God in the night, but this morning. As we praise God this morning, if you've ever been thinking that all the people that come to the front here, why are they always doing that? Unfortunately, there's a spirit that was in my car. You might as well go to God right now. We're going to start with prayer because we can't just go on to praise. We must praise in the spirit of God. He that worship God must worship him in spirit and in truth. So why don't we receive the heart first and say, God, everything in me that has been causing me to belittle your doings in my life, to not be grateful. Father, I am sorry and I am grateful. Just begin to say that to him this this morning as we get into the atmosphere of worship father i am grateful yes <laughs> 